I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, March 14, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So really not a lot happened today. It was what we call an inside day. What that means is the high and the low today were inside of yesterday's high and low. So it's an inside day. It doesn't tell us anything. So therefore, what I thought we would do is we'll do the normal run through of various different charts because there are some takeaways. We can always learn something from every day in the market. We'll look at a couple of different time frames. We'll look around the block at the different markets that we always look at. But then what we'll do is we'll take a look at a series of other charts that we don't normally look at to give ourselves a little bit of a variety. Do we need to spend a lot of time on the daily chart of the spider? Absolutely not. So we can drill down and look at some other time frames. Before we get rolling, let me take a pause and thank everybody once again for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction. I certainly love the banter back and forth. In addition, hit the thumbs up button on the video if you think this content is thumbs up worthy, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. So here's what we've got. We've got the weekly close. That's tomorrow. 280.40. That's the bogey. That's the weekly close bogey that we've got to pay attention to. What happens if the market closes below that on the weekly close? Does that mean markets collapse? No, that's not what it means. It means that we can't yet say that the market's going to run to higher prices because we haven't confirmed above the weekly close. We closed above it by two pennies once, we closed below it the second time or last week, and now we're back here again taking a look at where we close based on tomorrow's close. So look where we have. We're right back where we were a couple of weeks ago, closed above it by two pennies, had a sell-off last week, and this week we're right back where we started from. Just so happens that the bogey on the downside, at least for the short term, is going to be yesterday's low. So we close even hourly and then daily below yesterday's low, and that's going to be a negative sign, and we're likely going to fill at least one of those gaps down below. What about the other side? What happens if we begin pushing higher tomorrow? What happens if we are in the midst of a breakout? If we close above yesterday's high, 282.38, we close above yesterday's high, That's going to basically be almost everything you need to say markets are running to higher prices. They'll likely trigger some kind of buy programs, mutual funds, pension funds, institutional money is going to flow in if we have a breakout. They don't want to miss the boat. They want to participate. They're sitting on cash on the sidelines. They're going to put it to work and that's going to create some panic buying. It's going to suck the market up several points several points in the spy 60 70 handles in the s p 500 it's not going to happen all in one bite they never make it that easy always keep in the back of your mind trick trap fool and frustrate i'm just saying what the charts would say 
If, in fact, we're going to have the breakout, they're going to make a run for the breakdown candle high. We've discussed that before. We'll continue to discuss that as long as the market remains bullish. That's the important thing. Right now, the market's bullish. There's no other way to read the market. Even if we have a pullback for two or three days, that doesn't mean the market turns bearish. If the market turns bearish, we'll discuss the fact that the market turned bearish. Right now it's bullish, and that's the way we have to look at it. The trend is your friend up until the very end. The IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator. Taking a look at the hourly chart, what do we see? Well, I can make a case in both directions, and I don't necessarily love when that's the case because you don't know which way it's going to go. So I can make a case that we have an up move here, and we've basically just been going sideways, building energy for another move higher. That's one way to look at it. I can also do the same exact thing in the other direction. We have a down move, and here's a bear flag pattern that'll normally break to the lower side, the south side, and if that happens, where does the symmetrical move take us? It takes us to about 280.40. How do you like them apples? Doesn't mean that's all the downside there would be if we started to drop lower, but just from the existing pattern on the screen and the symmetrical component therein, that's where it would take us, right about 280 and a half, give or take. Kind of funny how that works, isn't it? I said yesterday's low was the bogey. When you look at the hourly chart, this is the low we're discussing. Yesterday's low, this is on the 13th. So you start closing hourly below that low, and what the chart is telling you is it wants to go fill this gap, and while it's down there, may as well go fill the next one. So you never know exactly what they're going to hand you when you wake up in the morning. I just want to make you aware of the downside possibilities. We already know the upside possibilities. So let's move on, and we'll take a look at the IWM. My favorite market-leading indicator, and yesterday we went up into that 155.70 area, the 20-period moving average, and today we're down. So this is interesting. The S&P 500, if you just look at the cash index itself, was down two points, two and a half points. The SPY was down a few pennies. That's a rounding error. That's a flat day. The IWM was down one-half of 1%. So it's a market-leading indicator, at least from where I sit. It was down. We went into and failed at, thus far, the 20-period moving average. We're not yet near the March 4th high. All those things put together, that goes on the bearish side of the ledger. It has to be. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. When you look at the hourly chart, what do you see? Well, it doesn't look too bad. It basically just looks like... The market went into the 20-period moving average and is slowly drifting lower, but really it's consolidating, and we could say this is building energy for another push higher. If the 200-period moving average holds, that's where price is sitting now. That's the likely scenario. So you get two different pictures. You look at the daily chart, you see one thing. You look at the hourly chart, you might see something different. If we do, let's keep going and see if we find any form of consistency. Let's look at more charts. What does the very short-term intraday chart tell us? Well, it's below all the moving averages. It tells us 
that the IWM on a short-term basis is in a downtrend. But you have to take this one with a grain of salt because you don't know where we're going to open up Friday morning. If we gap above all these moving averages, which really aren't that far away, they're only 50 cents away, this is a short-term chart, then all of a sudden everything we're looking at here being the downtrend goes out the window and we revert back to the hourly chart. How about a different look? What about the 120-minute chart? What do we see here? Well, we filled a gap. That's okay. We did not get a positive or northern reaction from that gap. Nothing to write home about anyway. We're below a couple of moving averages. This looks weak. It looks like it's being pulled lower toward that 20-period moving average. So you see what happens when you look at different charts. You see different things. We have a lot of conflicting information on the IWM. I would say there's more pointing down than there isn't. How about when we go over to my second favorite market leading indicator, the transports? What do we see? Can we get any information from the transports? Well, not really. They were on par with everything else across the market, so there's nothing we can do with this information. Nothing happened from yesterday. We really don't need to discuss the daily chart any further. However, here's one that's interesting. The 120-minute chart, once again, take a look at this. So here we have... A nice big breakup candle, and we've been consolidating. We've already tested the low of that breakup candle. If we don't close below the low of that breakup candle, what's going to happen? Well, we're either going to go up or down. So we know that our risk is the low of the breakup candle. On the flip side, if we push higher, you're likely getting a push higher across many or all the other markets. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. I'm watching that low in the transports. 10,292 is the number. That's the bogey. What's going on over in Silicon Valley? So we're not able to get into that gap. So we've now closed below twice after testing the gap. 177.29, we filled the gap. Fine. That's what the market is supposed to do. We had an opportunity to bust through the gap. We still have, or they still have, an opportunity to bust through the gap. We just haven't done it yet. We're way above the moving averages. So look at the cues from this perspective. We're pretty far away even from the 20-period moving average, which I like to call home base. So we know markets don't like to stray away from home base, so it would not be out of the ordinary for the market to either drift down a little bit toward home base go sideways, and let home base come up to price as price eats time off the clock. One of those scenarios or a combination of both is normal garden variety market behavior. If we start closing hourly above 177.29, you know what's going on. The market is likely pushing higher. Closing hourly and daily above yesterday's high, the market is likely pushing higher. If it smells like a breakout, it walks like a breakout, talks like a breakout it's a breakout and again remember it's the 80 20 rule only in this case 80 percent of the time it's actually going to be the breakout or even more the 20 percent of the time that it's going to fail and you're going to get screwed over so be it i'm just telling you the way it is calling balls and strikes here we go again down in the financial district so the xlf again it's now coming up to the 200 period moving average it's a critical point 
Are we going to bust through? And that'll mean all the markets are rising. Rising tide will lift all the boats. We all know that. Or is this going to fail and turn back down? We don't know, but this is the critical area. Tomorrow is very important. Tomorrow's close is going to be, and I love this word, uber important. Nothing else happened in the XLF. It was up, which is positive. Think about that one. So it was up one-third of 1%. So it was the anomaly on the upside in a market that was relatively quiet, but most everything was flat to down. This was up, so that's a positive takeaway. It's not a puzzle piece. It was just up. SMH, semiconductors. So check this one out. So here we are. We're down a little bit, but we also have a lower high, a second lower high. So here's what I'll say about this one. Until and unless we get above and close above yesterday's high, this is not good. This will normally result in lower prices, but we have to bust through yesterday's high. That will negate everything I just said. Right now, the fact that we have this third lower high, or it's a third high, second lower high, that's ominous in and of itself. Doesn't have to hold. We can certainly go higher. I'm saying if we start to come down, these lower high scenarios tend to result in bigger than a bread box sell-off. Again, playing umpire, giving you the probabilities, giving you the, this happens the majority of the time. Again, 80-20 rule, it's not going to happen all the time. But let's just say for argument's sake, and I'm not saying to do this, I'm just saying hypothetically, if a trader wanted to be short this particular chart, forget the fact that it's an SMH. It could be anything. The name makes no difference. So they would be short against yesterday's high. So the conservative trader would say, any hourly close above yesterday's high and I'm going to get out of the trade. Uh, a more aggressive trader willing to wait it out would say, I'll wait to the daily close, and if they close above yesterday's high, I'll get out of the trade. Now, all in all, when you look at where that is, it's not that far away. So the risk-reward is in your favor. That's what we want to do. We want to take trades close to risk. It's just an example, not a trade. Gold got hammered down a little bit today, so it was down about 13 bucks as we speak, or as I speak anyway. And this is the perfect reason why we take profits when we have them. So if any trader still has a portion of their position left in gold, the worst case scenario is if it ends up going to your entry point, you get out of the trade and you still have a profit on half the trade or whatever portion you took off. It's a risk-free opportunity when trades happen like this. Crude oil, still running higher in crude oil. No surprises here we're doing exactly what this chart is saying it should be doing it's in an uptrend it's on the rise it has a destination the destination is likely the big fat round number of 60 not to say they might come up short 57 and change 57 75 i'm making up a number but somewhere in the neighborhood between 59 and 60 is where they're headed been saying that for a while it's getting closer and closer and closer now it's just a chip shot away let's look at some stocks apple the apollonians we talked about 185 it's headed to 185 185 is magnetic could it go higher than 185 it certainly could but you'd have to get a lift from everything across all the markets if apple's going to continue going past 185 
185 will be resistance, and if it's not, everything is screaming higher, and that's fine. A rising tide will lift all the boats. Above 185, it's pretty simple. 190, or the 200-period moving average right in that neighborhood, is the next bogey on the upside. Let's make something clear. I'm not suggesting 185 is a short trade. I'm just saying those traders, and I know there's a lot that are, are long Apple. 185 would be an area where I would be expecting resistance. Expecting resistance in a long trade means you have to exit some of the long trade. Expecting resistance doesn't always mean it has to turn around and go back the other way. It doesn't mean it's a short trade. Hourly chart in an uptrend. Nothing wrong with Apple. There is a bid under Apple. There are buyers in Apple. Apple is magnetic being pulled higher. How about another fan favorite? These are hedge fund favorites, mutual fund favorites, pension fund favorites, everybody's favorites. You have to look at these because if these are rising, the market is rising. If these are falling, the market is either about to fall or they're falling. So on the daily chart, is there anything wrong with Amazon? No, but we could be into some short-term resistance up here. Wouldn't be abnormal to come back down toward the moving averages. Can we just bust through? We could. That wouldn't be necessarily normal and common market behavior. Might need a couple of more days to banter back and forth, as I like to say. What happens when we look at the hourly chart? What do we see? Well, we see an hourly close below the 20-period moving average. Now, I don't know that we can put that much importance on that because we can open right back above there tomorrow, and that's fine. However, we did close below the 20, and it is pointing lower, and there is a gap below. And if, in fact, the market does do a little bit of selling tomorrow, there's a fair chance that Amazon probably comes down to fill that gap. And for Amazon to come down about $15, $20, it's not a big deal. It's a garden variety stock coming down a few cents. No big deal. Anything more than that, and it could turn into a big deal, meaning if we get below these moving averages in the hourly chart, you're likely having a much heavier sell in the market. Checking in over at Netflix, anything wrong with the daily chart? No, we're above all the moving averages. It's really just going sideways back and forth. For a while, it's just been bantering back and forth. What is that telling us? Well, it's not telling us it's collapsing. It's telling us it's likely building energy for another move higher. You can see the 50-period moving average is handsomely pointed higher. And if it's going to ride the 50-period moving average, higher prices are in store for Netflix. If Netflix is going higher, what's likely happening in the queues? The queues are going higher. If Netflix is going higher, are other stocks going higher? Likely so. About the weekly chart of Netflix, is there any trouble with the weekly chart of Netflix? We're above all the moving averages. It looks like the same thing on the daily chart we just looked at, only compressed down. It's the same chart. We're just bantering back and forth on the weekly chart. Maybe Netflix is building energy above these moving averages for another push higher. And guess what? As long as they stay above these moving averages on the weekly chart each and every week, that's what's going on. It's unlikely Netflix collapses down until and unless we at least close below the 50-week moving average. 
Closing below the 50-week moving average, something else is developing, that's for sure. However, as long as we stay above these moving averages, this is in an uptrend. Another fan favorite, Google. Is Google in an uptrend or is it coming down? Well, it may come down tomorrow, but all in all, Google is in an uptrend. Look at this run over the last few days. Since Friday's low, it's been a tremendous rally in a lot of these stocks. Google, Amazon, across the board. A lot of the names, the family favorite names, the names we know, they got bought up and they're not in a bad position. What we're trying to do here is look under the hood. Look at the fan favorite stocks. We've already looked at the index charts. And we're trying to draw a conclusion whether what we see throws the market into a tailspin or are the charts we're looking at speaking to higher prices across the board. So far, I haven't seen anything that really spells trouble. How about some of the stocks that are the Chinese-related names? So there's always a lot of talk about a deal with China, trade talks, tariffs, you know the whole routine. How about Baidu? Well, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look bad. If I stretched out the chart or if I compressed the chart and took a look at a larger time frame, you would see this does not look great. So really, until and unless you comfortably close above 177 on a weekly basis, this is in trouble. This is a bearish wedge pattern that will normally play out to the downside. It's below all the moving averages. What this chart is saying is that lower prices are likely. Keep in mind, this is a weekly chart, so it can take a while to play out, but that's what this chart is saying. So if we turn around and all of a sudden get above the 20-week moving average, close above 177, that turns the tide a little bit. It turns the chart. But this is what the chart says right now. Right now, this chart says lower prices. You get a deal in China and you wake up one morning and they've got a deal and everything is rising as a result of a deal in China. Baidu is not only at 177, it's up at 195. How about Alibaba? So this doesn't look the same as Baidu. So there are different problems in Baidu as it relates to that stock in particular because it doesn't look the same as Alibaba and it doesn't look the same as some of the others. Alibaba looks fine on the daily chart. Nothing wrong with this chart. What about the weekly? Last week was a reversal candle. We have this thing going on about the reversal, non-reversal that happened on the 4th in the SPY. That's a different debate. This is a reversal candle. We'll see what happens. The daily chart is in an uptrend. You have a reversal candle on the weekly chart. One of those two charts will win out. Which one do you think it's going to be? In fact, let's get a poll going. Which one, say weekly or daily? If you say daily, that's bullish. Weekly is bearish. Go ahead and see what you think. How about the pot stocks? I love the pot stocks. Canopy growth. I think this is one of my favorites. Made a lot of money in canopy growth. Kind of waiting to get back in. I have a little tiny position. Not enough to make a difference. But I'm kind of waiting to add back to that position. And it really isn't coming down. This is a bullish chart. Looks like it wants to go higher. You know it's very news related. And I hate the news. But this one you have no choice. This is an industry where the news absolutely sparks these things. And it's not just for days at a time. But it could be for weeks at a time. It's new. 
The opportunities are endless. I think these companies are still trying to uncover exactly what the actual opportunity is. I think it's hard for anybody to get their head around how big the opportunity can be for some of these companies. They're all getting investments from tremendous companies, whether they're spirit-related companies or tobacco-related companies. You can see what's going on. It's here to stay. So we have to watch the industry. There's money to be made in this group. You see this weekly chart? You can see what's going on here. It's really winding up to go higher. Unfortunately, there's too much space below. I'd like to buy it down closer to the moving averages. I think I would be a willing buyer. I think I would nibble some more, not a full position, but I would nibble some more at about 38. Don't know that we'll see it, but that's what I'm looking for. Look at this. Isn't this picture perfect? Here's what happened. The stock runs up and it makes like a bull flag pattern. Looks like it's going to break out. Starts to and it fails. So it comes down, and what does it do now? It rallies back to test the former breakdown area. It's exactly what happened. And now we're just bantering back and forth, hopefully building energy, winding up to make another run higher. That's the way I see the weekly chart in Canopy Growth. Even if we came down here, that doesn't change that picture. I'm looking to buy it on sale, of course. And then we have Tilray. Tilray is like a Wild West stock. Not lately, but it can be, and I'm sure it's going to wake up again. What's this line? This was simply a gap. You can see it on the weekly chart. There's a gap here, and, you know, this is hard to say. Are we making a bullish or a bearish consolidation pattern here? I, I don't know, really. It could be either one. What I can tell you is I would likely be a willing participant on the long side if we fill this gap down here. Right here, I can't buy it here. We can easily drop and it can easily take off. Either way, I just can't do it. When you look back on the daily chart, it's just not giving you a clear picture one way or the other. Kronos, here's another one that's a popular one. It's in an uptrend. We're below the 20-period moving average now. Maybe it'll come down a little bit. If all these names come down a little bit, there will be a spot where a lot of buyers step in. Keep in mind, when you have large-scale <clears throat> investors like we've gotten into these companies, the spirit-related companies, tobacco-related companies, they're not going anywhere. This is the beginning. This is the way they get into the business. So this is a long-term play. This is a multi-decade play for these companies. So even if the stocks come down a little bit, that's not going to be an issue for them. It's just a blip on the radar screen. So that's why you want to see and you want to be an accumulator of these stocks when they do sell off. And there will be sell-offs when the market gets hit and these get thrown out with the bathwater. You want to be accumulating these stocks. Here's another one, Aurora Cannabis. In an uptrend, you see what's going on here. They'll come back down. They may take off from here, and there may be a new buy area somewhere down the line. But when there is, then I will be stepping in. A lot of people will be stepping in. The spirit and tobacco companies will again be stepping in. So therefore, this is a long-term trade. We talked about it before. Thought it was worth mentioning again. On pullbacks, I'm an accumulator of these stocks. And I think we'll leave it on that note. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. 
Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.